0: welcome 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 today on topics of our century this is the first episode so i hope it's in you know a nice experience i spit out a fresh piece of gum for this so i hope it is worth it today we are going to be you know getting into it this is the podcast where we talk about current events that are you know it's literally the name topics of our century Is it clicking? I hope so. (laughs) Um, We're going to be talking about terrible, dangerous TikTok trend, cool green sand that may save our entire planet, okay, and some terrible things that are going on in Russia, of course. Hopefully, the other stuff is, like, really exciting, so, like, you can not be depressed at the end of this whole situation all right i just want to make it clear quick disclaimer anybody who i who will be talking about in today's articles i did not write these articles these are real articles um cbs magazine cbs cbs we're not at walgreens girl okay um Daily Beast, People Magazine and CBS News. That is what I meant to say. Um I will be giving credit to all the writers of the articles in the um you know the articles that I reference. also mean no harm or disrespect this is completely for education education we're a scholar okay all right i feel like that's it should i talk about anything else yeah i have nothing else to say except how bitter i was about my um piece of gum that was fresh but we can get over it all right let's get into it Alright, not only is this going to be interesting because it is the first episode of this entire podcast, which hopefully I can regularly do because I actually need this for grade. but this is going to be interesting because I want to get more into learning about current events, and hopefully it's interesting to you too because I just threw out a good piece of gum that was not even fully, you know, bland yet, so hopefully it was worth it. I am your host, Mikael, and today we are going to be first talking about (sighs) reversing climate change, which seems to be a hole that we cannot dig ourselves out from. Alright, the place that we're reading from first is the Daily Beast, and the topic is climate change, like I said, and the article's title is called Can Enchant An Enchanting Green-Colored Sand Reverse Climate Change by Ashley Balzer Vigil. And it was made yesterday at 12 p.m., which was the hmm, 21st of March 2022. So it was pretty recent. All right, let's get reading. When the Paris Agreement was inked in 2015, 195 nations, including the United States, committed to curb... Oh my gosh curb global warming to a maximum of 1.5 degrees celsius, higher than pre-industrial levels. It is an uphill battle to get every nation to fulfill its role, and even if they pull through, will still face major environmental consequences, like a decline in most of the world's coral reefs and lower crop yields. But if we can stick to this goal, we may yet avoid the worst disasters. So all hands are on deck to reduce carbon emissions and strip the atmosphere of its excess greenhouse gases, and that means no solution is being ignored. One emerging method of carbon removal that's especially gaining interest is inspired by Earth's green beaches, and that is not an ego-friendly euphemism. We are talking about literal green beaches. More specifically, we're talking about harnessing the carbon-capturing power of the green-colored olivine crystals olivine is one of the most common minerals on earth it absorbs carbon dioxide through a chemical reaction similar to the rusting of iron metals except that instead of iron plus water plus oxygen equals rust the reaction goes olivine plus carbon dioxide plus water equals silicate plus carbon dioxide plus carbonate Plus, mag, mags oh, what then? The world magnesium ions that makes olivine a natural air purifier, sucking carbon dioxide out of the sky and ocean and locking it up in harmless products that can form things like coral reefs. There are over a trillion tons of olivine available, found largely in the Earth's mantle. Volcanic eruptions bring it to the surface, and these green crystals can help form some of natural green beaches there are in fact four such beaches in the world found in hawaii ecuador guam and norway and obviously because this is not youtube this is a podcast you can't exactly see i really recommend you check out the daily beast and check out this Oh, i really recommend you check out this specific the specific um, article because it has a very good diagram and I may not be explaining it exactly and I really want you to understand this I'm not a science teacher but yeah there is a great diagram that links all of this stuff together it's very easy to understand so check that out in these locations Olivine is helping counter climate change albeit slowly on geological timescales Some scientists think that we may be able to dramatically scale up this natural process as carbon capture solution called Enhanced Mineral Weathering. An organization called Project Vesta aims to prove it outright, with a plan to deploy olivine sands in the water along one beach in northern Caribbean and determine how effectively the olivine captures carbon. Research has shown that this method works best when olivine particles are small and kept in motion. The natural wave action on the coast can churn the olivine sand and grind it into even smaller bits, which should maximize how much the carbon dioxide the process can remove. Preliminary studies suggest this method could help make serious dent in our carbon emissions. According to our analysis, we could remove a billion tons of carbon dioxide using less than 04 of the world's coastal waters. Project Vesta CEO Tom Green told the Daily Beast, that would be an enormous contribution toward our climate goals, far larger than any other carbon dioxide removal solution currently available. The benefits wouldn't stop there. When enhanced weathering occurs in coastal waters, it can also reduce ocean acidification. The ocean has been absorbing most of the excess heat trapped by greenhouse gases, reducing it by 93% in the last 50 years. That comes at a major cost because when the ocean absorbs carbon dioxide, it becomes more acidic, which makes it difficult for some animals to build shells or skeletons and can kill coral reefs. The effects ripple throughout these organisms' ecosystems. If Project Vesta collects data showing that enhanced weathering helps deacidify the ocean then scaling up the process could protect an entire species of marine animals including the fish and shellfish that sustain so much of the world's food supply and preserve coral reefs that act as storm breakers to protect coastal <laughs> coastal infrastructure all while countering human carbon emissions that are harming terrestrial environments also Project Vesta's calculations propose collecting a billion tons of naturally made olivine sand every year and distributing it over 28,000 miles of coastline. The National Academies of Science, Engineering, and Medicine estimate that that this process could actually be scaled up even further to suck up more than one gigaton of carbon dioxide annually. I had no idea what gigaton meant, so I took a second to research it. It said a unit of explosive force equal to 1 billion tons of TNT, which is a heck of a lot. So I feel like that's pretty impressive, but that's only if. But let's keep reading. But decades of research and theoretical models don't sway people into investing time and money into these types of projects. Results do. Hence the reason so many people are watching Project Vesta's trial with keen interest. Moving from theories on paper to real world experiments is a key part of the puzzle, offering the opportunity to assess how well the method truly works. Rosalind Rickby, a professor of biochemistry at Oxford University told the Daily Beast, putting it into practice is so important because no matter how the results come out, we'll have narrowed the pathway forward by giving enhanced weathering a scientifically demonstrated green or red light. There are many different ways to enhance weathering. Rickby's research which involves assessing enhanced weathering in different terrains is a part of consortium as a part of a consortium funded by the UK Research Innovation aims to determine the security of carbon dioxide storage via this method. By the way, I had no clue about this either, shame on me, but a consortium is an association typically of several business companies. It also focuses on potential side effects from the ions that are released in this process. Early results from the consortium are encouraging and even suggest that the ions could help replenish ion-depleted environments in the ocean and in agricultural soil, improving plant and algae growth. Project Vesta also says that the process appears to be ecologically safe, based on preliminary toxicology data. Enhanced weathering is only one of several carbon-capturing methods currently in in development all of which will still be worth pursuing regardless of Project Vesta's results. We will likely be needing a cocktail of approaches to safely engineer our way out of the climate crisis, Rickaby said. Using any one of them on a global scale will probably have negative side effects, so deploying several methods at a moderate level seems to be the safer approach. Given the state of our planet, we don't have time to try one solution at a time anyways. Pursuing multiple carbon removal technologies, including enhanced weathering in tandem, offers our best chance to heal the Earth. And I could not have agreed more with that. I've learned a lot from this article. I can never find the word for article. And again, I really, 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 really hope that you would try to go look this up. Again, it is called Can Enhance Enchanting? Oh my gosh. Can an Enchanting Green Colored Sand Reverse Climate Change by Ashley Balzer Vigil Um on the Daily Beast. Just look it up and you can see pictures, like really cool pictures of this green sand situation. Um yes, and I definitely agree that we don't have time to try one Every five years. We need to try them all at once in which everyone works. Works seems simple, but, you know, things aren't simple, I guess. Alright, next we're going to be talking about a kid who died at the age of 12 from the blackout challenge. If you don't know what the blackout challenge is, it is an online trend that encourages users to choke themselves. Literally, what? Okay, until the point of losing consciousness while uploading the results to TikTok. The dangerous online game challenges challenge has existed before and has previously been known as the pass out challenge. Uh, I I don't need to say more. So my mom's a nurse, um, and apparently she had some experience with this in her clinic. She doesn't want to come on here and talk. I don't know why. Who cares? Thanks, mom. Whatever. But yeah, she's had some experience with this, and you know, it's it sounds like. You know, don't do this. It sounds like it's common sense, but I guess for some people it's not. So we're going to go over this. If you choke someone, they're going to pass out and stop breathing. And if you choke them for too long, they stop breathing completely. And I don't want to be like condescending like that makes sense because actually social media has like a crazy influence on people. And you would think that these things are common sense, but they're not, and that's okay. So, yeah, don't try this, I guess. Don't try this at home. Who started this? I actually do want to know. We're going to look it up. I could not find who started it, but whoever did that, um, I feel like I don't even have to say anything about this. It's kind of like, um, you know, you you just, you don't have to, but we're going to. All right, the information from this is taken from People Magazine, and the title of it is called Dan. Da, Dan. <laughs> Dad warns parents after son of 12 dies from blackout challenge. And he says, check out your kids' phones. All right, Colorado father Halesius. I'm sorry if I mispronounced his name. Zarina, hun. You you can read it for yourself. Go there, and then maybe you can tell me how to pronounce it properly. Anyways, he is speaking out about his son Joshua's death in the hopes that other parents can stop internet trends like the Blackout Challenge from harming their children. Check out their fun. Ch- uh, ooh, how did that stroke taste like chicken? <sighs> Check out their phones. Zeri Hun, 40, the age of 46, tells People Magazine in this week's issue. It's not about privacy. This is their life, Which I, get, I very much understand. You want to have your privacy. You know. Mom it's my phone. Stop. Ch-. But n- this is important. Anyways. He goes on to say. That his nightmare began on the 22nd of March 2021. Which is exactly today's date. This is literally today's date. But last year. That is so crazy. What a coincidence. Anyways when his son Caleb went searching for his bro- twin brother Joshua at the age of 12 in the family's Aurora home. Caleb found Joshua laying on the floor with his shoelace wrapped tightly around his neck. Tragically, Joshua ended up spending 19 days on life support before he was pronounced dead on April 10th. Zeri Hun says, We prayed so hard for him to wake up. Um, his father also owns, uh, this is not what he said, but he, Zerihun, the dude's father, the dude, his name is Joshua, Joshua's father. He owns, oh my gosh, Corona. He owns a medical transportation company. So I don't know if that has anything to do with this, but I feel like if your dad is like, uh, you know what? I blame TikTok for this. This is TikTok's fault. I don't know who lets these TikTok trends be trends, but they need to kind of monitor. But again, they don't monitor anything. So it's not like we didn't know this would happen. An actively involved father, Zeri Hun, also, again, I'm so sorry if I'm mispronouncing his name. It sounds like a really cool name, but I might be mispronouncing it. Anyways, Zeri Hun already had the dangers of the internet on his radar. He monitored his kids' app and deleted TikTok, where some of the challenges had gone viral from their phones after he read that TikTok wasn't age-appropriate for his boys. Still, videos are everywhere online, says Zerihan, and Joshua was the type of kid who liked to explore and try new things. Courtesy of Haley B. Zerihan, Joshua Zerihan in framed photo to the left, also yeah, you guys, you can't see them, but check out the thing for yourself. I already cited where all these things are from. Um, He wanted to be an actor, says his father. And that really sucks. I feel like he would have been great. Oh. This is depressing. My God. Okay. Joshua learned a lot of good st- skills from those videos, including guitar, soccer, and cooking. But at some point, he also learned about the blackout challenge in which participants starve themselves on ox- of oxygen until they pass out. Caleb saw what the challenges did to his brother, and he and the neighbor tried to revive him with CPR at- to no avail. An ambulance rushed Joshua to the local hospital before he was airlifted to Children's Hospital in Colorado. The doctors were telling me there's nothing that they could do and we have to let him go. Zari Hun recalls of his son's final days. I could not accept that. That's what he says. Joshua Hilesius, he begged. Oh my gosh, this is so sad. Okay, anyways. He begged the physicians to try to save his son's life. I felt like my son was drowning t- and trying to give me his hand, and I needed to go reach out to him and pull him up, Zeri Hun says. Zeri, I keep pronouncing his name different every time. But he says, For me to just give up, I felt like I'm just walking away from a drowned kid. It's heartbreaking. He wants no other family to. It's a heartbreak, sorry. He wants no other family to. Exp- Experience. This is deadly, he says. This is a weapon in our home that people don't know about. He says of video challenges. I want parents to know what their kids are doing. To that end, Zarian Hunt suggests that parents watch the videos that their kids view on platforms like TikTok and YouTube, review their kids' apps and user history, and start a dialogue about the content they're consuming. And he also asked their Parents tell their kids about Joshua. So if you do have children or you're watching this or you have friends, then definitely, one, tell them to come listen to this podcast. (laughs) And two, tell them to read this article. Because I may be telling you these things, but you really need to read them for yourself to kind of understand a bit better. Like, I can listen to things, but I think reading is definitely better. So if you do want to... (sighs) read some of these things then you should definitely do so yourself again i gave you where you can find it anyways it goes on to say tiktok declined to comment to people magazine for this week's story about alarming challenges online and the number no surprise i Don't think they would have. And the number of users injured performing challenges is unknown. But in an updated safety policy released in February, the company says, in part, we do not permit users to share content depicting or promoting or normalizing or glorifying dangerous acts that may lead to serious injury or death. I just really think that this could have been prevented if TikTok had really like honed in on what the heck they were letting people post but yeah this was a needless death I don't even think I have to say this but don't tie things around your neck don't do stuff like this and that sucks that's really depressing but anyways let's be happy again All right, brief intermission from that depressing situation. We're going to look at fun facts and trivia. All right, I've already heard this, but we're gonna say it again, just in case you didn't know. <laughs> it is impossible for people, for most people, to lick their own elbow. Um, I don't know who, why you would need to try this, um, what reason you would have to lick your elbow, or who tried it and who could lick their elbow? I don't know. I I don't know. You should try it right now. I bet you're trying it. Okay, anyways. A crocodile cannot stick out its tongue. A shrimp's heart is in its head. Okay, that's, huh, okay. And it's physically impossible for pigs to look up into the sky. Okay, wow. Oh, okay. Also, American flags left on the moon will eventually get bleached white by the sun. And while they're hibernating, bears do not urinate. Their bodies convert waste into protein. And gummy bears were originally called dancing bears. I low key like dancing bears better. And I don't even like gummy bears. Unpopular opinion, I don't like gummy bears. They're kind of gross. They kind of make my teeth hurt. They're very overhyped for no reason. Actually, the clear ones are good. You know what I did today? I put cotton candy around a hot Cheeto, and it tastes... (laughs) I don't know why I decided to do this, but it was really good. You should definitely try it. All right, let's get back on track, because I'm going... nowhere literally nowhere all right and finally the very last article we're going to look at today is on cbs news and the title of it is journalists reportedly kidnapped and tortured by russian troops in ukraine we all know what's going on in russia and in ukraine with that situation and that really sucks but Oh my gosh! I'm looking at like dogs eating like out of spoons right now, and babies. Uh, okay, hopefully that can get me through this, and it could not be so depressing. All right, let's go. <sighs> oh, in London, a local journalist working for a French radio station in Ukraine was kidnapped and tortured by Russian soldiers. Sold? Sh- not sh- no. No bones. Okay, by Russian soldiers earlier this month, according to the non-profit group Reporters Without Borders. Nikita 32, whose name has been changed for his security, was held for nine days and subjected to electric shocks, beating with an iron bar, and mock execution, he told the group. Nikita has been given chilling testimony that confirms... Sorry, I don't... Oh my gosh, I just don't know what happened. Okay, rewind. Nikita has been given a chilling testimony that confirms the intensity of the war war crimes perpetuated by the Russian army against journalists. The Secretary Secretary General, oh my gosh. (coughs) We're back. We're going to start over. Nikita has given us a chilling testimony that confirms the intensity of the war crimes perpetuated by the Russian army against journalists. The Secretary General, the Secretary General, not journal, of Reporters Without Borders, Christophe Delory, again mispronouncing the name, probably I am sorry, go look the article up for yourself, said in his statement passing his testimony on to the ICC or the International Criminal Court. Prosecutor is the least we can do for this courageous young fixer. In March, Nikita told RSF, or Reporters Without Borders, he was on assignment with his team when he learned the road with his family's village was clear. He decided to evacuate them so after he was done with work he borrowed his team's car which was clearly marked press and began to drive on his way into the hometown however he was ambushed multiple rounds were fired at his car he crashed into a tree and shouting that he was a a civilian pulled himself from the wrecked vehicle nikita told rsf or reporters without borders Which, why is that called RSF? That would be RWF. I don't know. Who cares? Off track. Anyways, he told RSF that he was surrounded by soldiers who searched him and beat him. He thought the Russian forces believed he was really a Ukrainian soldier acting as a scout. According to his account, with which CBS News cannot independently verify, the soldiers brought Nikita to a nearby building and searched his phone, where they found information related to his work as a journalist, including a map, routes, and text about bulletproof vests. That made them more suspicious. They beat him with rifle butts, breaking his teeth, and mock executed him in a ditch by a dead dog, firing a shot that grazed his head. He told the nonprofit group, "The soldiers brought." nikita to a camp tied him to a tree took off his shoes beat him repeatedly he said he lost consciousness multiple times before before being moved to another location and interrogated with one soldier giving him electric shocks he said there were other civilian prisoners around him who were also tortured the russian forces put him and the other prisoners into a basement full of water and left them there for two days Then they were moved to another house where they were joined by an imprisoned former civil servant. If you don't take him, we'll shoot him on the spot. The shoulders, the shoulders, uh, reportedly told the civilians in the vehicle. A number of journalists have been injured, taken captive or killed while working in Ukraine. This month, award-winning American documentary filmmaker, Brent, Renaud was killed, and his colleague photojournalist Juan Arendano was injured. Sorry if I mispronounced that. Two Fox News journalists, longtime cameraman Pierre Zakareski and local producer Losandra Sandra oh that's a name, that's a beautiful name, but I can't pronounce it. Reporters Without Borders has filed two separate complaints with the International Crime Court pertaining to the war in Ukraine. One alleging deliberate attacks on journalists by Russian forces and another over Russian attacks targeting TV infrastructure in Ukraine. I don't think I have too much to say on this, but let's just give a little quick prayer to the people in Ukraine. Dear Heavenly Father, please bless these people in Ukraine. You know what's best, and I know that you'll do what's right. Help give them a sense of peace, and in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. The word of today is henchman, what it means. Also, I got this from Merriam-Webster. So the word of the day for the 22nd of March, 2022 is henchman. And it means a henchman is a trusted follower who may perform unpleasant wrong or illegal tasks for a powerful person, such as a politician or criminal. The play and an example of how to use this is a play opens with the main character, gangster, on stage, surrounded by his henchmen. What I think of this, I think of Count Olaf's henchmen. My favorite, personally, was, I don't even remember, like, it wasn't the dude with the hook. It was the dude with the, like, with the wig, like, with the Bob situation, the Nikki Bob. I don't, I don't know, but he was very fun. He was fun to watch. And a fun fact about the word is that the earliest known examples of henchmen show it being used as a term for a squire or a page, but the word may have seen earlier use with the word meaning groom. It first appeared in the Middle English and is a combination of Old English, hengist, a male horse, and man, so henchman, I guess. One of the duties of the groom, squire, or page to a person of high rank was tending horses and such a person was relied upon, which influenced the broader sense of henchmen, including right-hand man. Alright, thank you for joining me today. It has been real nice. I feel like this has been definitely worth that piece of gum that I threw away, so it's okay. No need to feel guilty. It's all right. Um, thank you so much for watching, and I mean, not really watching. You're listening, but so. um, definitely follow this podcast, whichever way you can. Comment which you, what you'd like to see next. It's on the community page on Spotify. Check that out. I will definitely be listening to you. Um, tell me what you guys would like to hear next. That would be nice. Um, and if you guys do have current events, tell me the name of them so I can go over them. And yes, I feel like that's it. Again, I can't say this enough. Listening to it is great. But if you guys want to read it with me, that would also be fun. Um Yeah, it's definitely some of the stuff in here was kind of depressing whatnot. But there is some hope. Climate change could get better um yeah go watch something happy now like the lorax yeah it has great music okay that's it bye